Welcome to the fifth episode of The Void of Literature. I'm Elijah and this is Nick. Today we'll be discussing Elantris by Brandon Sanderson. Quickly, before we start, today we are drinking Yuzu Sencha, which is a tea from Tea Time Tokyo from Japan. It tastes a lot of yuzu. Yuzu is quite distinctive as well. Like, it doesn't really taste like anything else. You know what I mean? Yeah, the yuzu in this tea really stands out, as yuzu is a citrus, and citruses tend to stand out from other flavours. So this is more like a just yuzu tea, and if you like yuzu, then you'll definitely like this tea. Alright, let's get started with the fifth episode of The Void of Literature! What's so good about Elantris? Well, there are lots of good things about this book. For starters, there's very good scaling, as in there's a lot of really big stuff, yet there's an equal amount of medium problems and points and minor ones. So it's pretty equally scaled on whether it's not too much good things, like really big things but not too just out there either it's quite equal so i think mostly the thing that's good is that it starts off with kind of a smallish problem for one of the characters like she thinks there's like a political something going on with the country but then gradually i think it kind of gets scarier like as you move along it just gets the problems seem more of an obstacle as you go along because there are problems which is like kind of you know they're gonna win but there are also in a good fantasy book problems that you don't know if they're gonna win and that makes for an exciting climax and just an exciting throughout the book whole book and exciting throughout the whole book um it's just exciting throughout the whole book and the tension gradually grows until you can't stop reading. I agree with that. A lot of books we discuss on this podcast has that one trait of being some things, you know, the protagonist is just going to win whether there's the bad guy has a secret weapon or whatever. There are some things you just know where the... Good, where the protagonist is going to win. But there's also that scale of, oh, I don't know if the protagonist is really going to succeed there. Maybe they'll lose this one. I don't know what's going to happen. It's a good scale of, you don't know what's going to happen. So mystery and, oh, I know what's going to happen. That person's going to win. And I think that's a good thing about this book. Another good thing is the magic system. In this book, there's a lot of things heavily centered around magic. And unlike other like fantasy books with magic, it's not like, oh, if this person has magic, then they're instantly the person who's going to always win. It's kind of, well, it can do some things, but it's also not the strongest thing out there. And there are ways to defeat it and not just... Nope, 
this is over. The person with magic is going to win. And I think this book also does a really good job of, like, explaining the magic. As, at the start, the protagonist mainly focused uh, around magic. Didn't really know what was going on either. And was just, ooh, I don't know about this magic thing. And then as the protagonist understood more about the magic, we, as the reader, also understood more about the magic. Yeah, I agree with that. And in that way, you kind of become familiar with the protagonist, as in you kind of live what they're living with them, if that makes sense. Because it's like you don't know about the magic and then as the main character learns, you learn as well, which makes for a book that you can really engage in and you're not so much of an outsider. Like it's not completely like it's not completely different to the world because this character understands next to nothing about the magic and then he just learns as you go along and so do you which makes for a very good book um as well as that the magic is well disguised at the start as in like you don't know too much about it it's this mysterious glowing energy that seems to seems to use to run the world but has decayed and so you don't know that much about why it's decayed and how you just know that the magic's decayed and something bad happens and then as the book goes on it reveals that about the magic and why and it reveals like this solution almost and that makes for a good book because you're learning things as the main character does. As well as the magic system, there's, although this might seem boring, there's a lot of political stuff, but for this book, the pol- the political stuff is quite entertaining sometimes. And unlike things where just as this is also a case sometimes in real life, where this state, country or whatever is just very powerful and then all the other ones rule under it. It's power systems aren't just one thing like that. It's quite diverse and it explains the political stuff in this fantasy world quite well. What's going on, the battles the wars the like political stuff quite well and the problems aren't really boring like uh and then they debated in the argument in the room where there was just seats it's quite but then if we go to war what will happen will this happen will that happen and it then the political stuff really helps the more intense fighting as it kind of uh raises the tension and gets you ready for the fighting and when the fighting comes it's just really good well the other thing is that it kind of just it creates the world like without that political system and without the political problems the world wouldn't be full like it would just there will be something about it that's just a bit empty. And 
So that fills in the gaps, but also it shows that, like in some fantasy books, like you have to have the biggest army, the strongest army, the best magicians, the strongest magic, the best um, evil, uh, not evil, like magic animals, the best magic items. But in this one, it shows that you don't need to have the might and the strength of an army to take over the world in this book, which is really good because it creates a different kind of tension to the one in a fantasy book where there's just an army sitting on the country's doorstep. It's very different to that. Yeah, and that kind of also agrees with our point of the magic system is not too overpowered. The last thing that we have here that is good about it is the good world building which is backed up by the political system and the magic system as you see the world building in front of you as you as the main characters will as they discover things you also discover things with them going back to the magic system on how the main character is discovering magic as you are and there are no loopholes for oh but then that happened so that couldn't have happened as the world building in this is very structured and very strong and there's like no room for mistakes and it's just very straightforward yeah okay i wouldn't call it straightforward but I think the world building is great because there's no gaps left. Like, as you were saying, there's no none of the facts that um, you this happened, so that can't have happened if this is how the world works, right? So it just makes the world run. Like, without that world building, that painstaking process having taken place, like the world just wouldn't have been enjoyable to like immerse yourself in as well as talking about immersing yourself in the world i think that a really important thing is book in books is the first line because that captures your reader and like it shows you what the um book's going to be about like this first line is prince rowden of arlon awoke early that morning completely unaware that he had been damned for all eternity. Like, it kind of like the Netflix sound logo. Like, when you hear that, you know it's Netflix and you know it's time to stop what you're doing and watch, which this is similar except it's read, not watch. Yeah, and a lot of points in this book point to this is a great book but as well as that there are still some bad stuff as mentioned many times by us no book is completely perfect okay so nick can you tell us about these bad stuff these bad stuff interesting um okay so the first point that is not great about it is that there's a lot of dialogue like there may be like two pages of the same people talking to each other and that can be quite boring and slow to read. 
And because there's so much, Brandon Sanderson didn't have to devote much of his time to getting to the point. So that in turn also makes it really slow to read sometimes if you're not determined to finish the book. Yeah, and this stuff can also be boring as the political stuff is good, but then if you have a lot of talk about it, it kind of gets repetitive. Also with, also there's a lot of talk about world building, like literally about building stuff, which can get quite repetitive over time as they always talk about the same thing, uh, even though you probably already know everything from previous conversations. So I think if the dialogue was reduced to just, I don't know, a page of dialogue followed by some other stuff and then you can go back to a bit of dialogue it would have been a lot better than just straightforward two pages of dialogue as that can be quite painful to read through and I think it deters a lot of people to quit the book as it's like oh there's no point reading they just talk about the same thing over and over again it's just going to be the same thing and they're never going to get to the end so I think that's a major downside for the book the other thing, I agree with all that you just said, by the way. Um, the other thing is that there's a lot of rapid switching between the two main characters, and sometimes maybe you get a minor character in there. Um, but sometimes it's just way too fast. Like, you spend maybe three pages on one of them and then switch to the next one. So that like jumping a lot gives you no time to recover like because like reading is of course a mental process and if there's too much jumping it tires you out kind of and you just have to take a break from the book so I think that didn't work in its favor although it is a strategy that can be used in many fantasy books or other books. I agree with that as the rapid switching between characters can sometimes be annoying as if you are looking at one character and then it's like oh this is intense they're about to battle and then suddenly it's just like and then the other person is now talking to this person about politics it's quite oh that was so anticlimactic and then sometimes while there is rapid switching this switching where it's like intense and then boring and then that boring bit goes a lot longer than the intense bit which can be quite annoying at times as people want to go back to the action and one of the characters no spoilers um does do a lot of boring stuff while the other character has a lot of action so sometimes you might want to see, oh, how's that conversation going to end? Or, oh, how's that fight going to end? But then it just goes to the other person, which can be quite annoying for some people to read. Yeah, and adding on to that, one of... Okay, one of the points is that the other character, which you mentioned, walks and talks a lot. Joking, rocking, rocking, talking. Ring kind of hits this person in a book sure if you want um anyway either she just likes walking or she 
um, she's more of a support role for the other character. Like, she's the one that gets all the world building done, all the political problems in place, and then the other one's the one with all the action, which can be used in some instances, but I think it's overused in this book. Yeah, that walking can sometimes be walking and then just thoughts, and those thoughts have to do with the talks, and then the talks can sometimes be a lot. While the talks do affect the world building and the political system and such, it does take a while before they actually come into action to help the story or stuff like that. That helps the main point. And the walking and talking can sometimes be like really boring. And it just can... Well, with the rapid switching, it could be fighting and then just walking and talking, and it's just quite boring. Yeah, I agree with that. But that being said, this is a great book, and I'm rating it 9.5 out of 10. And I'm rating it 8.5 out of 10. As we said once, no book is perfect. Yeah. Also, by the way... um. Soon we're doing a Q&A where we're writing in for listeners to... Uh, we're asking listeners to write in questions that you want us to answer. Um, so if you want to do that, go send an email to takoinu.podcast at gmail.com. Um, there will, will be the... In the show description. Yeah, it will be in the description and we will do the Q&A video podcast episode once we get to 100 downloads. So hurry up and watch more podcast episodes and send them to family members, friends, or just people you know who will like this podcast as it does help a lot. Thanks for listening, everybody. And remember to fill that void. While editing this podcast episode, I realised we had forgotten to do the blurb. So here is the blurb. The capital of Arlon. It was home to people transformed into magic using demigods by the Shoud. But then the magic failed. Elantris started to rot and its inhabitants became powerless wrecks. In the new capital, Kay, close enough to Elantris to remind everyone what they have lost, a princess arrives, ready to seal a political alliance with a wedding, and unite Teod and Arlon against religious imperialists. But Raudon, her husband-to-be, is dead. Still determined to fight for Teod and Arlon's freedom, Seyrin clashes with the high priest Hrathrin, but secrets remain in Elantris. The dead and the ruined may yet have a role to play in this new world, because magic still lives. That was the blurb, and here is the real ending. So remember to fill that void.